From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live. Hi there, welcome to the Dr. Nina Show. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin. I'm a psychoanalyst specializing in binge eating disorder, and I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. So let me ask you something. Maybe you believe that you have to Uh, lose weight or stop binging in order to feel good about your appearance. Maybe you think it's impossible to feel good about how you look when you feel bad about your weight. It doesn't have to be that way. And I am so excited because today my guest is going to help you feel good and look good no matter what your weight is or what your wardrobe limitations are. So I'm so excited to welcome today's guest, Michelle LeBlanc. Um, she is the owner of Outer Health, which is a personal stylist and wardrobe consultancy organization that takes a psychological approach to styling. She provides psychologically based wardrobe styling services for personal and professional growth. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. I am so glad that you are here as well. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, we're going to talk for a bit, and then I'm going to open up the phones for anyone who has questions for Michelle. If you are on Instagram, please feel free to drop a comment anytime. So, Michelle, you have such a, a, a niche, right? You have such a specific business that you do. How, what, how did you get into this? What is your personal history that led you here? Well, it is an interesting one. Um... I never thought, I never dreamed that I would be doing something like this because it just seemed so far away from my world. I did grow up uh, with a mother who was a seamstress and a tailor. So for me, wardrobe was always kind of part of my world. I had a knack for colors and, you know, knowing what looks good and what doesn't look good, coloring and things like that when I was a very little kid. And I thought, okay, like, that's fun. That's a cool skill to have, but nobody can make a job out of that. I'm from a very small town in, in Canada originally. So that wasn't, you know, personal stylists weren't weren't really a thing. Um, then I developed my career. You know, I was a creative, so I went into, into hair. I owned a hair salon for quite a few years. The intellectual side was missing for me. So I got a degree in psychology. I worked towards a master in psychology. So I have about seven years in that. I worked in counseling, but then when I was doing that, I loved it. But the fashion part was really, really missing for me. Um, Even, you know, for like, even when I did hair, people would be like, oh, my hair looks great now. So tell me, Michelle, what am I going to wear now? So I always thought that was really interesting that people would come to me naturally for this. And I didn't really notice. I just thought it was something that I did. Even when I moved away overseas, I lived in Spain for a little bit. And within my first week there, somebody approached me and asked me, like, could you please like come dress me? And I thought, this is really exciting. This is what I really love to do. Um, so, you know, I kind of followed my instincts and I, I followed what what was leading me towards exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. And with respect to people who are concerned about their weight, um, you know, when we when we talked earlier, one of the things that you said, because now you work and you, you work with a lot of actors, you do movies and TV and all of that. One of the things you said was there is a misconception that actors just have these perfect bodies and we people are always comparing themselves to people on a screen. What can you say to that? Because I think it's really important to hear. Yeah, it is. That's a gross misconception that, oh, you know, everyone who has like these fit bodies, they don't have any insecurities. They always look great. And there's no there's no question about it. Working with actors very closely on an intimate level, I've seen that, you know, sometimes if it's not 
if it's not the right cut or the right color, the right the right fit for somebody, um, it may not look so great, even though they have fantastic bodies. So sometimes we really have to work with them and to make sure that everybody is comfortable um, and that they actually like what they're wearing as well, right? Or what if they don't have such perfect bodies, but you make them look like like they do? I mean, that's my point. That what, first of all, there's no such thing as a perfect body, but the the idea that you know you have to have a quote unquote perfect body, whatever that is, to look good, to feel good, to dress and and feel good in your clothes. You know, there are also tricks to make people look good when they don't when they don't have when they have whatever flaws that we all have. Right. And I think the point that you the way that you dress can accentuate certain positive things and make you feel good. That's when that's something that you say that I, I want you to expand more on. Oh, 100 percent. This is what we call wardrobe magic. We can take, you know, anybody from any size, any shape, any color. And once we understand, once we isolate the things that make them look the best, we can make anybody shine uh, on screen and it's magical because we we see it, they see it, and then everybody sees it as well. Um, so it's actually, it's. I don't think there's a better feeling than that. Okay, so what about people who are not going to be on the silver screen? They're not going to be on TV. They're just living their lives and they wake up and they, they don't know what to wear. They don't know how to choose clothes they just they they dress for comfort not for style or they wear things that don't that aren't right for them and that makes them feel bad what do you say to people what's your number one tip for how to dress for your body yeah because I definitely work with a lot of people like that too right I don't work with solely actors I feel I, I work with people a lot that feel a little bit lost especially after the pandemic and maybe don't have that motivation to to dress nicely or to wear nice things. And once you're there, it kind of goes downhill a little bit. So I think it's important to find things like colors that you really like or things that maybe create like a nice waist or things that are flattering so that even though you're not in your ideal body or you're might be like a little bit not as motivated, you can still put something and be proud and look at yourself in the mirror and like what you see and when you do that, you definitely approach the day a little bit better, even if the only thing you're doing is going to the grocery store, right? So this is where I want to I want to bring up uh, Kylene's comment on my Instagram page yesterday, which I think a lot of people can relate to. She said, I do believe when I look good, I feel good. But otherwise, I dress for comfort first. It's winter. I'm in shorts. I dress by what's clean. I have more shorts than pants. My question is, is there a starting point to close? Meaning, do I start with the top first and work down? Is it helpful or important to have your colors analyzed? Um, she also says, and this is the psychology part, I will wear all black as my personal statement that I'm upset. It's my silent statement that I'm hurting. Analyze that. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to that maybe later. But let's start with her question of, is there a starting point to, to close? Where do you start? Like, how do you figure out what your colors are? How do you figure out what looks good on you? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question from Kylene. And there's, there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, but yeah, there's no starting point as in top or bottom. Um, the starting point would be to kind of... Kind of look at your, you know, track your steps back, like within your interactions with people. Have you ever worn a color where you got a lot of compliments? Did you ever put something on that automatically makes you happy? You may not always understand why. I understand why. Um, but you may not always know why. But those are big tellers of where you should start, right? If there's something that you wear and you don't feel really good about it, there's also a reason for that. It might be the coloring. It might be the cut. It might just be something that's not flattering for you. If you put something on and you just have a little extra pep in your step, everyone's had that moment at some point. It was either the color, the cut, or or the fit that said, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to go talk to more people today. I have a little bit more courage today. Uh, that's definitely a really great starting point. And yes, getting your colors analyzed, if you're not sure, is also very good because Aside from, you know, getting those compliments and be like, oh, this shade of yellow, I think it's really good for me. Um, 
knowing the range of what works can really help you, you know, can guide you to choose better, better garments when you go shopping, save you a little money too. <laughs> That's always good. We all like that. Okay. Uh, one of the things you also said that really struck me was you can't change your shape because diet culture sells us the illusion that if we're five foot two and we lose weight, somehow we'll have the body of someone who's five foot eight and weighs 90 pounds. <laughs> you know, does, so what about, can you speak a little bit to that? That's, that's definitely been a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, we see this, we see this on TV, we see this in ads, we're like, okay, she looks like this, or he looks like this, and I can look like this. That is a lie. Um, the thing about shape is that, of course, you can wear things that elongate the body, elongate the legs, and create kind of an illusion. However, your your foundation, your structure never really changes. You can lose 20 pounds, gain 30 the structure of who you are, like your proportions will change, but the structure of who you are, if you have narrower shoulders, wider shoulders, more of a waist, a bigger bottom, small legs, bigger legs, um, that's usually going to stay somewhat in proportion. I mean, you can, you, know, you can work out your body and transform it, but still the structure is there. So once you learn to dress for your body type, um, even if you fluctuate, you're not completely lost and and you don't have to start from scratch. You can still use that, you know, use those tips to keep going. So how do how does someone dress for their body type? So um, uh, there, there's some people on Instagram. Let me let me put it out to you. Does anyone want to share their body type? And Michelle's going to give us some tips on how to dress for that type. So. Let's just start with um, if you're if you're shorter, right? So if you're if you're say you're my, one of my daughters is five eight, one of my daughters is five one. She's fifteen. She's not growing. It's a disaster for her, according to her. So how does someone five one dress to look longer? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. So. Things that will, I'm five, almost one myself, so I know where she's coming from. Um, avoiding things that cut the limbs. If you wear, you know, you can wear a cropped pant, but it should be cropped maybe more at the ankle. If it's cropped mid-calf, uh, mid then you're really shortening the calf. If, if it's cropped at the ankle, then you can wear a nice pair of heels, really elongating that leg, uh, creating that illusion that you're must, that you're much taller. What people say to me all the time, I'm like, oh, I'm like five foot three quarters. They're like, that's impossible. You look five, four, five, five. I said, yeah, because I, I dress proportionately to, you know, to my body. Even things that'll cut your limbs, uh, a three-quarter sleeve for a short girl if she has short arms, that's not, you know, that's going to cut it as well. Uh, so things that elongate the body will give you the illusion that you're very proportionate, hence making you look a little bit smaller. Okay. All right. So anything, so things that are, don't wear things that are too short, right? Like not short on the arm, short on the legs. All right. Yeah, well, not like a three-quarter thing. And for, for trousers as well, like something like a longer trouser with a, a nice heel, that will make your legs look like they're, you know, like they're three, three, four feet long. <laughs> okay. So what if what if during the pandemic or you know, just throughout your life or something, you you've gained weight and you're not the weight that you want to be, and you're not even close, and you need to lose 30, 50, 80 pounds more. How, what are some tips of how you can dress and feel good in your clothes when you really feel bad about your body? And that's something that's happened to a lot of people. I've, I've you know, I've worked with a lot of clients and that was definitely um, something that was, that was coming up very often. Um, I would say, you know, take it easy on yourself. First of all, don't be don't be too harsh because then you're not going to get out there and try some clothes on and be nice. 
go out there, try a couple things, see the colors that you really, really love, see how they look on you. Again, longer trousers, things that elongate the body so that you can find a couple pieces that you do feel comfortable going out, even though you don't recognize this body at all, because that's something that I've been hearing quite a bit. It, it, it is hard, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but once you have a few pieces that you're like, you know what, this is me now. I've accepted it, this is me now. It might change, it might not, but I'm gonna make the best out of it. I'm gonna choose things that are pretty, uh, that make me feel, you know, feminine and, and just happier. And you start there, even if you buy three things that make you, you know, that make you feel happy and, and look nice, yeah. Let's talk about, you mentioned waists. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I remember my I was just so in love with this show, What Not to Wear. What Not to Wear. Such a great show. Um, and I remember that they would have people put who were heavier put on belts and create a waist. And um, I know that you know my patients or my clients are just like, oh no, I would never do that. I can't like somehow that's gonna that's gonna accentuate my size. But can you speak to that? Because I, I have the sense that perhaps it is the opposite. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I actually did train uh, with Clinton Kelly myself. I had we had a little session like this and it was fantastic when I was starting out. Um, the belt, it depends on the belt and it depends where you put it on your body. If you put it on the smallest part of your body, like a high, you know, a higher waisted belt or something like that depending on the shape that can look fantastic and that can cinch the waist create an hourglass um but if you put it too low on jeans that are you know a little bit lower or you you wear it too tightly then it's just going to bulge everything out so a belt can be done if it's done right it works if it's not done right it can make it can make you look actually heavier uh and and your clothing to be less flattering than they are yeah all right, let's talk about the color black. Kyleen mentions black as a, a psychological um, way of of telling people that she's not happy. It's it's her it's her it's a personal statement that she's upset. But a lot of times people wear black because they think it will make them look thinner and they are afraid of wearing colors. They're afraid of drawing attention to themselves and the, they're they're afraid of people looking at them. I think, which is, of course is the it has all kinds of psychological implications. But mm -hmm. what about color when when you're used to dressing to hide? Color can be scary. What do you tell people about wearing color? It can be very scary, especially if you've gotten so comfortable with black, because it's it's true black is especially on camera or even in the real it's it kind of deflects light so it instead of kind of absorbing it and absorbing the eye it just kind of makes you blend into the crowd it doesn't show as many things and it is slimming however only wearing black can be a little bit depressing and it can kind of perpetuate that that mood right because it's not the happiest color uh, it's fine to have a few, you know, a few black outfits that make you feel slick and sexy and nice. However, uh, black is not the preferred color for most skin tones. It can look nice, but I'm sure there's some colors out there that you can start experimenting with slowly that really, really brighten your skin tone and bring out your eyes and bring out, you know, the beautiful aspects of your, yeah, yeah, it is, it is hard though. I'm not going to lie, but once you start experimenting with those colors, um, it adds a little bit of happy. Yeah. 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 And, and you make a good point about pay attention to what other people tell you. You know, I, I for, for the longest time, I only wore black, gray, white, cream, and uh, tan. That's all I wore. Because for some reason, I thought that was sophisticated. I don't know. And then I got like a something in fuchsia or I guess something in red and people started going like, Oh my God, you look so great in that color. And it was such an eye opener to me of how, like how color also creates a different mood for people when you wear colors and there's a, there's a brightness to you that, ex that you exude. Right. 
A hundred percent. There's definitely a whole psychology behind colors as well. Uh, when you wear certain colors, it'll it'll bring up certain emotions uh, within yourself too. So yeah, if you wear black for a really long time, it, you might not be able to express as much of a, a wide range of of emotions as you think. Yeah, and coral is a beautiful color on you. I see it in your in your top, and it just oh, thank you. <laughs> Yay! Tips. You know, honestly, I did not pick this out. I for a while belonged to Stitch Fix. I couldn't, I couldn't go shopping. I didn't, I just, I just had other people pick it out for me. So someone from Stitch Fix sent this to me when I was getting that. And I remember looking at it going, that is like the ugliest thing ever. And I put it on and all day long, all my patients were like, oh my God, I love your top, which nobody usually talks to me about my clothes. So I, I thought, okay, I can't be trusted to know what's right. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to rely on other people. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you have a closet full of neutrals, you might look, you know, polished and professional, but it doesn't say a whole lot about your personality. And it's easier to use colors to kind of bring out your personality. Then it gives that little in, right? If you're a little bit shy and you wear like something green and nice, so like, oh, you look so nice. Oh, thank you. It's my favorite color. I got it when I was in Europe. You know, it's it can really be a conversation starter. Yeah. Oh, I have never considered that. But yes, yes, it does facilitate conversation and interaction and commonality. And it's a neutral conversation that could lead to something more. So look how powerful the sartorial is. Okay. Um, all right. So, so one thing that I hear a lot from people that I work with is how uncomfortable they feel in their clothes, usually because their clothes are too tight. <laughs> They're wearing the size they want to be, not the size they are. They can't bring themselves to, to wear the size that they are because it's just too horrible to buy that size. So they, But then they feel physically uncomfortable in what they are wearing, which makes them more acutely aware of their bodies. It's a mess. So I'm always saying, wear something that you feel comfortable in. What are your, can you expand on that? What are your thoughts on that? I can definitely expand on that and I can definitely relate. Um, I remember even myself before the pandemic, again, I was between two sizes and one was on the smaller end and I was going into this corporate meeting and I was just like, yeah, 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 I can wear this skirt. I was fumbling with my skirt the whole time because I felt so uncomfortable. I don't think I captured half of what the meeting was about because I was so uncomfortable. That was a very big turning point for me because I was like, okay, I need to, this is not, I wasted half my day thinking about how uncomfortable this is. So from now on, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put something on. I'm going to make sure that I feel as comfortable as if I needed to like almost get naked in front of somebody. You know what I mean? Like when you're, if you're taking your clothes off, you don't want bulges everywhere. So even if you're trying to layer that, wear something that fits. It's okay being the size that you are. If that skirt used to fit, yeah, that was a great time. It may not fit anymore. You put it somewhere. Don't put it in your immediate closet where you can see it every day and it kind of shames you like this. You put it in a bin. You put it in storage. You put things in your wardrobe that fit right now, that make you feel great right now. And fortunately, with the pandemic, people working from home, wearing comfortable pants more and more, I think designers got the hint. They started making pants with like stretchier materials and nicer materials um, so that you could feel comfortable in a meeting and actually focus on what you're supposed to focus on. <laughs> yeah. I, my husband, you know, still works from home. He's a, an attorney and I think it's very funny to see him wearing sweatpants or shorts and then, <laughs> you know, a dress shirt and sometimes a tie. It's very funny. He's like, they don't make comfortable pants. So, yeah. And they don't. And, you know, we always thought it was, it was women that, that suffered the most, but men too, they, they had the same complaints as we did, you know? So the pandemic taught us a lot of, of pant lessons. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so you know what? I am going to open the phone lines. If anyone wants to talk with Michelle, the number is 323-203-0815. That's 
203-0815. If you're on Instagram, please feel free to leave a question or a comment in the comment box, and uh, we will answer that or respond to that. Um, so as we wait for the calls that may or may not come in, let's just let's just keep going. Um, confidence. Yeah. Confidence, sometimes we think we get it from how we look, but really we get it from within. And I'm just going to tell my a, a quick story that, that I heard that I love about this, which is about Marilyn Monroe. And then I want to hear your thoughts. Marilyn Monroe at the height of her fame was walking down like Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue or somewhere with her best friend from childhood. And the best friend was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm walking down the street with Marilyn Monroe and no one is recognizing you. And Marilyn said, no, you're not with Marilyn. You're with Norma Jean, which is her birth name. And the, 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 she said, you, 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 you want to see Marilyn? And then she just sort of did her like a Marilyn thing. <laughs> and she changed her posture and she changed the way she was holding herself and they were mobbed. And I love that story because really it's what we exude, what we put out, not just what we wear. Yeah. But there's an interplay between those two things. So what are your thoughts on that since you deal with both psychology and wardrobe? Yeah, I love that because she basically just turned it on. She was like, I'm going to turn on the Marilyn right now. Because again, it's not, it's not always what you wear, it's how you wear it, right? Who knows what she was wearing that day, but she decided that now she's the most confident woman. You change your walk, you change, it's, mindset is a huge, a huge, huge part of what you do. You could wear the ugliest thing in the world because I, you know, I give people tips and I say, okay, this is what you, you know, these are the best colors. This is, you know, this is the best cut for you. And they follow my advice. But somebody who's truly confident and have has tapped into that, that essence, their own essence, they know who they are, which is what she did. She knew herself. She knew who she was. Um, they can wear anything. It can be the ugliest thing in the world. I can laugh until I cry. When they turn it on, it's on. And they'll, you know, they'll be able to wear it because it's just, yeah, you, you just, it's like that moment where you decide to believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that speaks to the importance of, of, of just happiness being an inside job, that self-esteem is not based on what you weigh or what you wear. Self-esteem is based on who you are and how you feel about yourself which can be reflected in clothes or not to your point with the ugly clothes, you know, but, but that we have to, you, we have to wear the clothes. The clothes can't wear us. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to wear it, own it. You have it on, you're out in public. You can't change. How are you going to deal with it? Are you going to own it? Or are you going to retract like a little mouse and be like, Oh my God, I feel so ugly in it. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so what is the most common challenge you see? as a psychologically based stylist, stylist, stylish stylist. <laughs> um, it would be just that people having stopped believing in themselves a little bit. They're like, oh, you know, I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit heavier. I shouldn't be doing these things. I shouldn't be going out and trying to look like, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. You're not dead. You're not dead. We, you could like your best years could be ahead of you. We don't know this, right? So it's really to just try to trying to remind them of who they were and trying to help them get back into that essence. Because again, I, I talk about style essence a lot. It's really to remembering who you are, like that your best self, because it's in there. It's in there for everybody. So when you tap into that, and then you add on like. A jacket that just reflects who you are, reflects you at, at your highest. You know, people talk a lot about energies now at your highest level that you feel like you could take on the world. Your your clothing will help you do that. That's inside of you the whole time. But this is a little a little vehicle. You know, you're like, okay, 
I have this, this is going to be my fuel to, to help me get into that day or get into that meeting or, or wherever you're going. So let's just say there's someone out there who doesn't have the resources to have you, Michelle, help her pick out a power outfit. She's on her own. What does she do? Ask your friends, ask your most stylish friends, ask the person that you admire the most, the one that you're like, oh, you know what? They always look put together. They might not have, you know, the same level of training or advice, but they'll be able to guide you probably a little bit better than yourself. And you have to think that most people aren't, will not be as harsh with you as you are with yourself. So they might be able to see bits and pieces of beauty that you've kind of forgotten or that you've tucked away somewhere. I just want to get back to something else you said about age. So interesting. Um, in my my group, the Binge Free Babes, one um, we had a, a kind of a challenge to make a bill of rights, and one of the people in the group said that she had the right to wear jeans and long hair and whatever you know kind of clothes she wanted, even though she was in her sixties. There's a lot of misconception about what you can wear at some certain age. Like you're not supposed to wear this at this age. You're not supposed to, like you're supposed to have short hair when you're in your 60s. You're supposed to not wear jeans. I didn't know those. I, no one's told me these rules. So <laughs> let's break them. Let's break the rules that exist. <laughs> Where do these rules come from? And what are your thoughts about these, these notions of age and certain kinds of clothes? Yeah, I'd really be intrigued to meet who made those rules because, you know, um, yeah, honestly, it goes back to your your structure, your foundation. If you're somebody with a shape face that looks good with long hair, you can be five years old or 80 years old. If it's well maintained, if it's healthy hair, it makes you look good. It can be just your essence. It can be who you are. Some people thrive with long hair. Some people feel extremely powerful with short hair and it goes well with the shape of their face. Then do that. This age, this number, this weight, it's all, it's all fluff. You know? Um, again, if it's something, if you love, let's say, halter dresses and they're not particularly in style, you but they look great on your body, you can find a version of it that is modern, that fits your your current size, your current shape, because they will always look good on you and they can be a little bit different so that they look modern, you know? So yeah. the idea is to dress for your personal style and for what looks good on you, not for your age and not for your weight. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, trends come and go. Some trends will come. I know the low rise is very, very you know, it, it's, it's starting to be in. Um, some people don't look good with low rise jeans at all. So just because it's a trend, it doesn't mean you have to hop on it. If it's a trend, it means it may be gone in six months again. So just because you missed that train, it may not be, been the train that you needed to get on anyway. Um, and you know, when it comes to, yeah, to certain things, certain styles, certain colors, if, if they work for you, they'll work for you regardless. So the, the bottom line of what you're saying is really know yourself and trust yourself so that your inner world and your sense of self is expressed through what you wear. A hundred percent. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm just, I'm just going off of what you've said, right? I'm just, sum, I'm just summarizing what you have said, Michelle. Yeah. 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 And as as per, you know, who kind of made those rules? I mean, I understand why rules are there, because sometimes people get a little bit lost and people say, oh, you know, this this particular demographic or people from this city, they don't look very good. So maybe we should suggest trends and things like that. If everyone's got, you know, long hair that's dragging and yes, yes, we need to, you know, maybe like, oh, this was a shorter cut or whatever. There are rules as guidance, but like you said, rules are meant to be broken and they don't apply to everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
So how do you see, like, say, diet culture? Because a lot of people who who are humans on this earth are dealing with diet culture, and especially people who struggle with their weight or struggle with binge eating, the people that I treat, um, or emotional eating. What is the influence of diet culture from your perspective on um, our thoughts about our bodies? You know, which then in, in then informs our thoughts about what we can and can't wear. Right? Oh, I can't wear that. I'm going to show um, people to look at me. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And that's huge. Diet culture has a huge influence because, you know, I remember about a, like maybe even two years ago when the very boxy T-shirt came out. Like that was a cropped boxy T-shirt. I put it on. I could be 110 pounds or 200 pounds. I'm going to look like SpongeBob a thousand percent of the time like this will never be good but somebody who doesn't know themselves or doesn't know their body they're like okay if i lose 20 pounds this is gonna look good that that's the biggest lie because when you know when they put things on mannequins they are literally mannequins they're very you know they're very basic they don't reflect a lot of a lot of real bodies real women so some trends, again, are, are best to stay away from it. It's good to start getting to know yourself. Bring a friend, you know, ask them, do you think this this looks good? Like, do you, you know, it's it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to find things that are that are nice for you and not have to always hop on, on, you know, because, yeah, you might, you might try to transform your body in very, very unrealistic ways to try to fit in something that will absolutely never look good on you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, the distinction between regular sizes and plus sizes? Because there's so much there's so much that's loaded about that, like you know, as if you're you're somehow the other if you're a plus size. Well, even the, the name of it is just cringy. Mm-hmm. What about what do you say to someone who's like, no, I can't wear that size. I can't wear that. I can't wear that. I can't go into that size. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Tell them. Well, there's definitely a stigma and and a negative, you know, emotion associated with it, which is very very sad because I know even some actors who have a much larger frame naturally. You know, these women are six four and they they have toned abs, but they can't fit in something past a size twelve or fourteen because. That's just not how they are made. So I really think we need to dilute this stigma and all of that, because sometimes that's just, that is your structure. You were made to be, you know, a tall, gorgeous warrior princess. You weren't made to be a little, a little tiny frame person and that's okay. Yeah. And what about for people who are not six foot four actors with six packs, but they're just regular people who are five four and are, you know, many pounds overweight and they just feel so much shame about going into the plus size, you know, the store or I, I, or, or section. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes down to, you know, to a question of acceptance. You're like, would I rather be uncomfortable the whole day trying to squeeze into something that doesn't work? Or am I going to take a breath, put something that actually fits nicely and then feel good about myself? You know, because once it's on, you know, there's no, the label's gone. It's it's on your body. And what people are going to see is how well it flatters your body, not where it's from or, you know, yeah. That's, that is such a good point. Once it's on, the label's gone. Yeah, it's the meaning that we make of the label. Um, but I, I think you made a really good point that I just want to highlight a little bit, which is the difference between size versus experience. You know, or the the whatever the size is is whatever the size is. And several years ago, I had I was going to a lot of red carpet things, so I had to buy like red carpet dresses, and I got three dresses. One of them was Zach Posen and it was, you know, it was three sizes bigger than the, than one of the other dresses. And yet they fit me exactly the same. So sizes, whatever. Um, but the size is the size, but the experience of being in the clothes as opposed to being observed 
is really important to, to think about how are you going to feel in it, right? Mm-hmm. Not how are, what are people going to think of you or are you going to feel like you're being under observation? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that the pandemic has helped us because we, I don't know what happened. You know, there were more designers around the world. There were more clothing companies. I feel like on Instagram, there's a new, I get targeted a lot, obviously, because I'm always shopping and I'm always researching, but there's a new clothing company every 10 minutes. And, you know, we can, we can order things from all over the world now. So universal sizing as it used to be is completely out the window i have everything from you know in my closet from a size 4 to a 12 and they all fit exactly the same uh i know generally what you know what what is my my size but you you really can't go with that anymore so someone who was so attached to that size and made that part of their identity um that's something that we can kind of let go of because we're we're in the wild west right now when it comes to sizing. Yeah. So it's, so it's how you feel in the clothes that you are wearing and make that the priority as opposed to how, even how you are looking. Yeah. And when we focus more on, well, how do we feel like emotionally and physically? How are we literally, fe- how do we feel in our clothes? How are they fitting? Are they comfortable? Versus, yeah. How do I look in this? Yeah. And again, I think that's a really healthy kind of dissolution because this, you know, people used to be like, oh, I'm a size two. This is a big part of my identity. Not anymore. This might not fit you at all. So why don't you focus on other things that are a little bit more important, maybe material, maybe color. And it doesn't matter what size it is, as long as it fits you and it's the right one for you. Those labels go out again. They go out the window. Yeah. And that's another part of diet culture, which is, hey, when you get to be the size two or size zero or double zero or whatever the heck it is now that used to be the size six, mm-hmm. what is it size two used to be what, what yeah. six is? Yeah, 100%. Um, that, that notion that when you get to the size, you're going to feel a certain way about yourself when you when you lose weight or get to size whatever it is or the number on the scale that you're going to, you're going to be the best version of yourself. If you're, if you're a shy person, you're going to become outgoing. If you don't have that many friends, you're going to be like a social butterfly. You're going to have the, like the, the, the parts that are missing in your life you can get just by losing weight. What an amazing superpower that would be if that were true. Like, I don't like my life. Uh, I'll just lose weight. Yeah. That'll fix everything. Um, (laughs) and so making clothes and size just about an expression of ourselves rather than an identity is so important. Mm -hmm. And even like you said, being comfortable when you're comfortable in what you're wearing, if you're going for a glass of wine with your friends or to an event, you're sitting there and you're truly having a good time. Isn't that what's important? Like, isn't that what's the you're going to have the best time if you're comfortable and you feel good. You're like, you know what? This was a good choice. Like, I love you. It really doesn't matter what size it was at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then let's just talk a little bit about trends. Mm-hmm. Because, like you've mentioned some trends and you said low rise. I was like, wait, wait, what? We're, we're in high-waisted just in like six months ago? What's happening? Um, I can't keep track. But trends. And a lot of people get caught up in trends. Oh, I have to wear the trendy thing. It's in. So I've got to wear that. What do you tell people who feel like they have to follow the trends? And we do talk about that a lot with my with my clients because trends are so, you know, they come and go very, very fast. So what I encourage people to do is to fill your wardrobe with classics. You know, the 80% of it are things that, again, like the nice jeans that fit just perfectly and you can't wait to put them on again. That nice, crisp, you know, white t-shirt or white button-up shirt that makes you look and feel like a million bucks. That tailored blazer, whatever. Whatever your style is, it can be street style, it can be whatever it is that makes you feel great. Make sure that these pieces are meant for you. 
things that you can see yourself wearing in, you know, in five years, perhaps of a good quality, so that you don't have to spend, you know, thousands on your wardrobe every six months, because you need to hop on every trend. However, having the majority of your wardrobe to be, you know, classic pieces, things that that are just have more longevity. And then, you know, maybe once a month, once ever buying one, one item to keep you trendy, but make sure it's one of those trends that suits you, not just because it's a trend. If it's a color that you've always loved, that is finally trendy, then you go like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get sneakers that are like a light purple or something, or I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. That can keep your wardrobe fun and updated and you look trendy because you have, you know, the, the palette that's the re that's, you know, it in, in stores now or some of the shapes or, or whatever it is. Uh, so a few items, a few novelty items, sure. Um, but it shouldn't be most of your of your wardrobe because you're going to be spending a lot of money and you're going to be all over the place. OK. And speaking of money, what are your best what are your go to uh, places to buy trendy things that aren't too expensive yet aren't cheap looking like that strike that perfect balance. Yeah. Well, in, you know, in Canada, we have uh, different stores than, than in the, there are some that are, you know, that are everywhere, but some that we have in Canada, we have this place called Simon's. And this is the place where I take a lot of my clients because you can have a 1500 t-shirt or an $800 t-shirt. So Whatever your budget is, if you're just starting out, I'll help you. If you're well established in your career, I'll help you and we'll, you know, we'll keep you, we'll keep you on trend. Nordstrom is also very good because they have different, you know, different uh, kind of sections as well for that. Yeah. What about like online, online stores that people all over the world can order from where they can get either the $8 t-shirt or the, not the $1,500. <laughs> really, do people spend $1,500 on t-shirts? Really? Do they? Really? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't get it, but okay. Um, what about like, a, like, what about an app, sort of an app or, or, or someplace that does worldwide shipping wherever anyone is, they can, they can look online and they can find something that's reliably, you know, on trend, but not cheap, but not yeah. $1,500 t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Again, Nordstrom uh, is pretty good for that whole, you know, kind of, well, for North America, there's a few in Europe as well. Um, for the men, I do love Hugo Boss because they're generally pretty good. They're a little bit on the pricier side, but if you want to get a few things that are that are good quality, uh, we have ASOS and Result and Revolve as well. Uh, the Real Real is very good because some people buy really nice things and wear them once and then you can get, you know, um, you can get it for a fraction of the price. So consignment is, you know, also a good idea. Uh, yeah, those would be, you know, those would be my, my, my best things like places like H&M, Zara, Zara will go once in a while, but it's, um, it's lower quality and it's, you know, it's very messy in there. Um, we like to stay away from, from, you know, from stores like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just really, really quickly, because I cannot believe it. We're almost out of time. This has been such an interesting, informative conversation. But, but just really fast, someone goes into their closet and they're like, there's too, it's messy. There's too much stuff in here, but they don't know how to get rid of it. They, they, they're like, well, maybe I'll need this one day, but I might need to wear this. This might come back into style. What do you say to them? <laughs> Uh, and that it comes up so often. That's why I'm laughing because it's as if you were in, in my closets when I do this with people listening with a little, you know, a little speaker. Um, I say, if it's not something that you'll wear right now or in the next three months, it shouldn't be taking all of this real estate in your closet. Because again, you're looking at it like, Maybe, you know, you're like, oh, why am I not going out so much? Why am I not the size? Why am I not? No, you put it away. If you, you know, if keep a couple things that you might need, things for an event, things for nice dinners, things for your lifestyle, your everyday life, a couple blazers, some nice jeans, like keep it very, very simple. Yeah. And I'm guessing love what it is. Not like it's good, it is. it's not great, it's good, it needs to go. Yeah. Unless it's, it's great good. and you're like, yes. 
Yeah. And again, if you haven't worn it in three, four months, I know, you know, seasons can change and whatnot, but your basics, if you haven't worn it in three months, six months, why is it still there? Yeah. Okay. So you just have to, you know, bite the proverbial bullet and just ask Mm -hmm. that question. And there's something about cleaning out your closet that makes you feel like internally clean too. Yes. I, I notice when people start healing and getting rid of old ideas they have about themselves, they start cleaning their garages and their closets. Very interesting. There's such a parallel between our cluttered emotions and our our, our space. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah. Michelle, thank you so much. We covered a lot today. And thank mm-hmm. you for all of your really great tips and, and advice. How can people find you and, and reach out to you? So you can reach me. Uh, Instagram is the platform that I use the most. So outer health dot, uh, you know, at outer health is my handle. Outerhealth.ca. I'm a Canadian company is my is my website. Facebook as well. You can find me under Michelle LeBlanc. There's the uh, outer health page on there as well. I'm very active on LinkedIn because I, you know, I work with corporations. Sometimes I'll give you know, talks to their employees or whatever. So Michelle LeBlanc on LinkedIn, Outer Health on LinkedIn, um, and on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me everywhere. Wonderful. And I just realized to my horror that I introduce you as Michelle LeBlanc, like you are Matthew LeBlanc or Matt LeBlanc on Friends. And here I am studying French. I should know. It's LeBlanc. <laughs> Oh, I apologize for butchering your name at the beginning, Michelle LeBlanc. Mm -hmm. You've been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And you guys reach out to her. She's got a lot of wonderful tips. Yes. And anybody who has any questions, don't hesitate. Um, I always give a a free, you know, 15, 30 minute consultation with anybody who who really wants to to get to know themselves and get to know their wardrobe. Um, It's my pleasure to do that. And I work with with people all over the world. So don't uh, don't be shy. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for this opportunity. It was lovely. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com. The Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Thank you for joining the Dr. Nina Show, heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.